Hey there, and welcome. I'm Noelle Valeriad, saying hello from the very first full episode of the Live Podcast. Maybe you've seen them. Perhaps you drove past a large lake or a wide river and saw them gliding quickly across the water in perfectly orchestrated formation and beat. I've seen them and remember being captivated the very first time. You'll never forget the energy and perfect unity that they exude. It may very well be the most perfect embodiment of teamwork. I'm talking, of course, about a dragon boat. Dragon boats have been around for thousands of years and have a strong heritage and following. But today, we're going to speak with a member of not your average dragon boat team. She is an inspiring woman who is part of a breast cancer survivor's dragon boat team at the Waterloo Paddling Club. And that brings us to meet our guest, Allison Scott. Hi, my name is Allison Scott. I'm a breast cancer survivor, a dragon boat racer, a mother, a wife, a sister, and a vibrant woman thriving post-breast cancer. Allison, welcome, and thank you for agreeing to be a guest on Live. Nice to be here. I'd like you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I uh, am a retired social worker. I'm a twin. I'm a wife, mother of two boys. And right now I am just enjoying life. What brought about this conversation is an event that took place in your life. And that was dragon boat racing. What did you know or what did you think about dragon boat racing before you became involved? I knew absolutely nothing about dragon boat racing. I had seen boats kind of in the Toronto Harbor. I'd seen pictures, but... I hadn't even really been in a canoe. I'd never been to summer camp. I really didn't know anything about being in a boat. Uh, but in 2014, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And part of my breast cancer treatment and recovery was to go to the University of Waterloo WellFit gym, where we would meet together and do structured supervised exercises that really helped in our recovery. And over the summer, we were having a barbecue. And one of the women that attended WellFit sat beside me and asked me my name because she'd never seen me before. And the first thing she said to me was, so what kind of cancer did you have? And I said, breast cancer. And she looked at me and said, great. And she said, have you ever been in a <laughs> boat? I know. I just looked at her like, great. A natural not second really the question. Thing that's at the top of my list. Um, but she was really happy. And what she said was, have you ever dragon boated? And I said, no. And she said, oh, you're going to love it. It's really easy. Some of us here have formed a dragon boat team for breast cancer survivors. I said, I don't know how to paddle. I, don't, I can barely swim. I've never been to summer camp. I don't know how to do any of this. She said, that's okay. We'll teach you. So what I realized later was they weren't really looking for anyone with athletic prowess. They were looking for a woman who was a survivor who could fill the boat because at that point the boat was only about half full. <laughs> so that was how I became a <laughs> dragon boater on a breast cancer team. 
So I went out for my first practice not knowing what to expect, but I knew about half the women because we'd all been in the WellFit program together. And that started kind of a union and a camaraderie that has taken me from 2015 to today. The reason I went was out of curiosity and because someone asked me. The reason I stayed was because of the friendships there and because of exactly that. We could all come together. Uh, We could come together in a really positive way. We were encouraging each other uh, to thrive, not just survive. And the team ranges in age from, you know, you've got women from just diagnosed in their late 20s, early 30s, all the way up to, I think, my the oldest team member now would be about 83 or 84. She won't often tell us her age anymore. She stopped counting after 80. What we do is we just really encourage each other to be our best selves. So, you know, you're emotionally connected. You're physically working out together several times a week. You're really encouraging um, each other. Some of our group is still in treatment. So, and some of our group would be defined as stage four cancer. So. Uh, many of us have completed our treatment and are technically cured. So you've got quite a mix of experience in terms of our cancer roots and our cancer journey. We're all in the boat together and we all have to paddle uh, and support each other at different phases. And sometimes you really have to dig in, use all your force and all your might, and sometimes you can glide. And that is kind of like a life analogy for all of us. And the best aspect of that is we're doing it together. So it's kind of cool. If you can think of the benefits of that cumulatively for every woman and every team across every country. But for us, uh, and for me especially, it turned me into an athlete in my mid fifties. And I, you know, last time I was an athlete, I was about 14 years old. And I just didn't realize that I could do it. So. In retrospect, my breast cancer journey has brought me to a much healthier place in my life. So rather than look at it negatively, it's introduced me to a team of women that will be my friends for as long as we're all on this earth together and afterwards, because I know they'll be watching down on me and I'll be watching down on them. And uh, I'm more physically active. Um, But more importantly, I had a sense of optimism going through that journey. And again, having had that experience we can share our optimism with other women who at the beginning stages of their cancer journey are often afraid and not really sure where it's going to end and even though we all may have different end experiences and different treatment experiences collectively we Mm -hmm. can support each other so so not only are you participating in a sport that is hard and challenging and invigorating and you're outside You know, we practice at night, we watch the sunset as we're bringing the boat in. Like, there's lots of great reasons to be out together. Um, But we've also got those core reasons, you know, kind of from the beginning of our diagnosis to to share with each other. That's uh, an incredible thing for someone who's starting, as you say, that journey and uncertain of what their future may look like down the road. They can look to you, their fellow teammates, for the whole broad range of options. This, these are things that have worked. These are things, this, this is a healthy place to be. You can continue with us and we will support you along your way. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and and you know, some of the some of the advice that you give each other is scientifically based and some absolutely isn't. It's all based on women's uh yeah. intuition and lived experience. So, you know, we would all tell each other which doctors are good and, you know, which treat which sure. you know, what's the impact or the the you know, some of the side effects of some of the drugs that you have. Um every single one of us has struggled at some point with what we call chemo brain. And you know, many of our doctors have kind of dismissed some of that chemo fog or difficulties we have articulating ourselves. For me, it's finding numbers and and remembering facts. I get a lot of stuff mixed up now. I love being with a bunch of women who don't care about that. Um but the other yeah. the other thing that also happens is is you realize that your collective lived experience uh it may not show up in the research books, but it's real to us and we can help each other with that. So it it strikes me that the open water season is is a bit limited. So where do you train in the summertime and and where do you train in the winter? Well, we um we train at Laurel Creek Conservation Area up in Waterloo. So and you're right, it's really chilly at the beginning of the season. So you often have to wear layers and yeah, uh, sometimes there's a lot of weeds and the water's low and cold. But our our training season on the boat starts usually in mid-May if we're lucky. And we will continue practicing out at Laurel Creek um paddling for a couple hours a couple of times a week until about mid-September. Gets chilly again, gets dark really early. Uh you're dealing with lots of bugs at that point in time at the beginning of the summer and at the end of the summer. Um so we, you know, you basically go mid outside mid-May to mid-September. Um a few years ago when we were preparing for our first international regatta, we realized we also had to get serious about our training in the winter. And we hadn't done that before. So um we went back to our roots again, back to the University of Waterloo to the Welfit program. Uh they mm-hmm. technically don't have any affiliation with our team, but most of our members met through Welfit. um or had friends that attended Welfit. So we went back to the folks at Welfit and said, "Could you provide us with winter training?" And they had students that volunteered with us and they had a mm-hmm. trained facilitator, a uh, trainer that worked with us all winter. Uh, so in the summer we have this amazing University of Waterloo student coach that is a godsend to our team. She's been with us since the beginning and uh drives us really hard. And in the winter we uh have kicked over to a you know an additional night a week at Wellfit together as a team. And then some of us continue with our regular fitness programs at Wellfit or our gym. So the idea is you you really need to be keeping your physical conditioning up all year round. So it's been a real round. challenge during COVID though, holy smokes. <laughs> I think I think we're all just happy to be able to pick up the phone never mind pick up a paddle. So Allison, you just mentioned the International Regatta in Florence, Italy. How did you get your team there? So, how we got to Italy? Well, uh every year our team would do two or three local regattas. And how the local regattas in Ontario work is every dragon boat regatta is sponsored by an association and there are people that supply the boats the paddles um life jackets now they're usually on a a weekend and you go and the first couple of races would be breast a breast cancer division uh 
So that's that was my first and second summer of dragon boating was to be part of a breast cancer division that sometimes had four or six teams in it. And what it meant for our little team is we would go and we would often end up in the consolation rounds, uh, but we'd have a ball. So we'd be out on the water and the we would there's always a breast cancer ceremony and you're with your teams and you do a memorial service and you there's this beautiful uh, ceremony that you do where you, you think of other breast cancer survivors. Uh, but then after that, which is usually like the mm-hmm. first or second hour of or the first half day of your regatta, you're then into the regular division. So you are paddling with the police association and the firefighters and these big, strong, sturdy, athletic groups of people even the little kids could beat us because they were so driven to learn dragon boating like some of the some of the high school kids <laughs> we didn't care because we were we were we were having a ton of fun as a breast yeah. cancer team and you know you always go you spend the weekend together you you know you pack a lunch you share your lunch just a ton of fun and during one of those regattas a woman on our team who'd yeah. been to an international one down in florida said Hey, do you guys know there's this international breast cancer group and they sponsor participatory dragon boat uh, international regattas. And if anybody wants to go to Italy, there's a regatta that's happening in 2018 and this was 2016. And she said, do you want to go? And of course we all thought, Florence, Italy, yeah, we want to go. And um, we hadn't really thought about sure. the level of training we would need. We hadn't really thought about how much money it was going to cost. We hadn't really thought about, you know, where we stood as a team. All we knew uh, was this would be a great opportunity to go to Italy. And then the other thing that we thought about is, and it's an entire breast cancer tournament. So, you know, we're not going to be put in with That's the right. firefighters on the second or third race of the day. These are all breast cancer survivors and they can be men and women the majority were women um so we made a decision that we would need to fundraise and get ourselves to italy and and that's that's how we ended up in italy uh, honestly it was it was kind of uh, an innocent naive decision at the time we were supposed to raise about sixty thousand dollars to be able to They're cover it yeah, that's right um, so we started a fundraising campaign and, and then our coach quite wisely said Uh, you know, you guys need to train for Italy and I'm committed to training you and I'm committed to coming with you, but you need to make a commitment to me that you're going to view yourself as athletes Mm -hmm. and you're going to take this seriously and you're going to be competitive. And I kind of looked at her thinking, do you, it's like herding cats. Are you crazy? We're all out on the water. We're laughing. We're telling jokes. We're, we're there for the social events. And I'm thinking there's no way this team is going to be able to compete without making a commitment to winter training and to each other. And, and so we, we spent a few months kind of sorting out, kind of transitioning from being a recreational team that gathered together to support each other to really do we really want to be competitive athletes? Um, and I have to admit, I didn't think we would ever hit the competitive athlete caliber, even though we were all giving it our best shot. I knew that it had been years since I'd competed in anything. You know, I always get the ribbon for being best, most enthusiastic participant. I never won a ribbon because I won a race. Um, so, you know, that was kind of in the back of my mind when we took off to Italy. But wouldn't you know, we get to Italy and now we are surrounded by 120 other 
boats, all breast cancer survivors. Not two, not four, not in Woodstock, Ontario. In, in, yeah, in, but in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> you're in Florence, Italy, on the Arno yeah. River, with a hundred and twenty boats. And how many how in many? the boat? You've got you've got twenty two people in the boat, all breast cancer survivors. Uh, so you've got someone that steers the boat, you've got wow. a drummer, and you've got your paddlers. And then you've got your breast cancer supporters. Okay. And so there were 6,000 people that descended on Florence, Italy for this international dragon boat regatta. So we we took up all the hotels. Amazing. We stayed in convents. We It was an amazing life kind of changing experience for all of us. I can say that hands down. Every single person there. Uh, was completely overcome and overwhelmed by what it felt like to kind of descend on a city um, as a breast cancer survivor. And everywhere yeah. you went, people were welcoming you. They were really happy that we were there. They were asking us which country we were from because it was 120 boats from, I think it was like 80 different countries. So when you think about that, and Canada has a really, because dragon boating for uh, breast cancer survivors originated in Canada uh, and because Dr. McKenzie who kind of created this mm -hmm. movement was there Canadians were like movie stars like honestly like we were you know mm -hmm. if there was a Canadian team we had a little bit of status <laughs> now I don't think they knew our team very well but it didn't matter we were part of that <laughs> Canadian faction um, and they saw the maple leaf Honestly, and they were all we all, over it. We all, uh, we all had our different team uniforms. We had flags. We had gifts from our countries. And, and it was really like an Olympics for dragon boaters, honestly. So we, we had this very large parade uh, yeah. where we marched for about two miles into a town square. And everybody came out into the street. It was like right out of a movie. So you've got those beautiful homes and you're, you're crossing the bridge over the Arno. And the bridges are full of spectators all coming out to cheer you on. I mean, honestly, you felt, you really did feel like you were in an Olympic kind That's of wonderful. setting. It takes us kind of that first race to get our feet wet. We're just out there. We're not really, uh, we don't really know the river very well. We don't really know where we're going. And I don't know. I think we came in, uh, I think we came in third in our first race. And we were kind of used to that. So we were still having fun. Then we moved into our second race. Our coach had inspired all of us and our drummer was, you know, driving home the drills to us that we'd been practicing for two years. And when we were given the horn to go, okay. we just went into compete mode. It was kind of this amazing, here we are, this is it. We came all this way just for this reason and we're going to give it our best. Allison, you, you've shared an audio clip of one of those races. And in it, you can hear the crowds, you can hear the drum beating, people cheering from the side of the river, and you're approaching the finish line, which you mm -hmm. win. When you hear that, how does it feel when you hear Well, it? we didn't recognize the significance of what we were doing at the time. So everyone has to be focused. Now, that's a challenge for our team because we all love to talk. But in that boat on that day, <laughs> in that race... That message had finally gotten through. Everything our coach had said to us about, this is it, you're gonna do this. So when we were in the boat and, I, and I'm and i up front, so you hear the people 
You hear the drums, but you're really listening for the shouted commands of your drummer and your steer person, and that's all we were doing. So I wasn't really aware when we crossed the finish line in our the, the first race that we ever won. We had no idea we won until we looked up at our drummer, who said, "I think we just won this race," because she can see she's you know she looks down the boat and she can see everybody else behind us. <laughs> You know, she doesn't have、yeah. anybody in her periphery, so she said, "I think we just won."、Um, yeah. And then we could hear this cheering, and we looked over to the shore, and our coach was standing, jumping up and down, crying her eyes out. And that's when I knew that we actually, like, I turned around to my partner and said, "Did we just win?" And then the tears and the cheers start. So. Even though we weren't really aware in that first、oh, yeah. race, every time I hear that clip or watch that video, I go back to that moment where I looked at my、uh, teammate and said, "Was that a, is this for us?" And then you realize that we had actually won.、Um, and then all our supporters were standing right around the finish line, and they were all crying. They were all hugging each other. They were all jumping up and down, and they were all crying. And that's when it hit home that you know. Hey, you know we could actually be pretty good at this if we applied ourselves, and、um, look what we just did. And that's when I thought, okay, so you、yeah. you are an athlete. You just did something really special, and you just did it with the most amazing group of women you've ever spent time with.、Uh, let's do it again. We went on to win another race and second in another、yeah. race. The idea was to come and have fun. You know all those things you tell your kids when they're little. Don't worry, this you're out here for fun. You're not really out for competition. Yeah. Well, that all went out the window after we won our first race. We were there to win.、Um, but man, <laughs> did we have a yeah? A we had an absolute ball. Allison, can you describe to us the flower ceremony? And what it meant to you? Sure. At every Dragon Boat Festival, there's a portion of the festival where the teams come together for a race. We join our boats together, and we reach out our hands, and all the boats are joined by all the women, basically holding each other. So what happened is each of us had sent delegations into some boats. So the 120 teams, we had eight eight boats out on the water. They came together.、Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a race, a ceremonial race. We had a prayer. We had a a moment of silence in honor of all the women. And then there's six thousand people either standing on the banks of the river that were either participants or family members or just people in the town that had come out to see what we were up to. And then we all threw our flowers, all, all of us threw our Gerber daisies into the Arno and turned the Arno pink.、Um, it was so inspirational. I still get goosebumps talking about that closing ceremony. It's available on video, and and when you watch it, you realize how lucky you are to be part of such a special movement. That's an unbelievable trip, and, and and it's brought you to where we are now. And I'm wondering, what are you most looking forward to once you're able to get back in the boat with your team? We really miss being together. The racing is one thing, and I actually thought, kind of at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought, you know, I'm not. Maybe I'm getting too old for this. So I was starting to think, well, maybe that's it. It was nice while it lasted. What happened was we started to try and keep some Zoom. You know, team spirits up together by Zoom, and then unfortunately, over the winter season, one of our teammates passed away, and 
her cancer. Yeah, it was when you're not together and you don't see the changes and you don't know. Uh, her cancer returned very quickly, uh, metastasized. Unfortunately, uh, she became terminal within a few short weeks, and she died. And as we became aware that her cancer had returned, we we now had to find different ways without being in the boat to support each other. And true to the team's mission, we did. Yeah. You know, we we came together as a group. We celebrated her life. Sent her some inspirational messages. Celebrated her life with her family at a memorial, and came together as a team in a parking lot with our paddles and our uniforms. And when I walked. Over to the funeral home with my paddle and my shirt and my hat, and I saw my friends. I thought, okay, this isn't over for me yet. I, yeah. I, I need this. I need this group of women, and we all yeah. felt that. Like we needed to be together. It's the first person we've ever lost. That's very hard for us. But it also reminds you how precious and life is, and how important things are. So you know, standing in that parking lot in the middle of the winter, we all knew that. Our goal was to come back together again. Within about a week of that, we got this email from New Zealand saying, "Hey, because of the pandemic, we're going to delay the regatta." So then this little twig hits me, and it says, "Hmm, maybe, yes. maybe New Zealand is still a possibility." I think in all of that, there's hope. So you know, I came home that day from the funeral home thinking, "Okay, what does this all mean to you?" And really, what it means、yeah. to me is that I need to keep going just to kind of honor. Her legacy, to honor our team's legacy.、Yeah. I'm a much better person when I'm in that boat. I feel stronger, healthier, happier,、uh, more supported. So I don't know if it'll be New Zealand. It might be Laurel Creek. It might be Woodstock, or it might be London. But it's it's going to be something. And、um, and I and, and you'll be together. We'll be together. The bond that your teammates share is so much more than just. A dragon boat team. It is、uh, your unique paths, the, the paths that you've taken, and how your lives have all crossed into one another, makes for an incredible gift to each other, to the world, to your families. And I'm in awe <laughs> of you for doing this and overcoming all of the the physical challenges of being out there in the cold weather. And you know, missing out on things because you're on the water paddling, and you're paddling your hearts out. And I just, I just want to say thank you for doing that. Thank you for being the woman you are, and thank you for sharing your story. No, that's with so、us. sweet. You know, that's nice. I, I never would have been able to do this by myself. So, and you're right. Like it's, it's been a, it's my family, my husband. He wear, he proudly wears pink to every regatta, and he looks really good in. It's a big family experience for all of us. We're all really lucky to have it. Well, Allison, thank you. Keep us posted on the future. <laughs> okay, okay? okay, thanks, Noel. <laughs> See you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to Live. I hope that you'll join me next time when we meet another intriguing guest. So share this with your friends and family. Make it easy to find us next time and simply subscribe to the Live podcast. By clicking on the button below, and remember, a wise woman once said, "What you get by achieving your goals is not nearly as important as what you become by achieving your goals." Many thanks again to Allison Scott, and until next time, I'm Noel Valeriat, 
and this is Live.